Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And today we are talking about Jessica Jones Season 1, Episode 2, aka Crush Syndrome, which originally premiered on November 20th, 2015. Don't you mean Crush Syndrome? Oh, it doesn't work like Ladies Night. Okay, I take it back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> And as always, here's our IMDb summary. Jessica vows to prove Hope's innocence, even though it means tracking down a terrifying figure from her own past. No! I mean, not going into it too much, because we'll talk about it later. Seems pretty cut and dry case. So I don't know how she's going to prove she's innocent. But we'll get there. Uh Alright. So... And here's my summary of what happened. Probably better than that teeny tiny IMDb summary. Jessica is questioned by the police about the Schlotman murder. As the officer is trying to connect Jessica with a crime, he asks if Luke Cage is somehow involved. Jessica isn't charged, and she walks out. She goes to Luke's bar, where police are questioning him about the photos. She goes in to explain that Luke's girlfriend, Gina, is married. He kicks her out and tells her not to come back. Later, Gina comes to the bar, and uh, Luke tells her that her husband knows, breaking things off with him. Gina comes to Jessica's place to ask who hired Jessica. And just who hired Jessica? Gina's husband and his friends try to beat up Luke. Jessica goes to help him, but he probably didn't need the help. And finally, Luke shows up to show Jessica at Jessica's home and reveals his superpowers that Jessica is jealous of because she does not have. I added the last part. I'm not sure if that's part of the text. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tony, just like quick, quick side tangent thing. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like someday we will be able to read these things without messing up constantly. Um, and when that happens, both, uh, both of us will, will know that we've leveled up our podcasting game, but well, you know, someday think, we'll get there. I mean, I think that will be our, our um, sign to retire. Just finish out on top. <laughs> perfect okay sounds good <laughs> all right so we start off in um with her being questioned right and the officer says well my least favorite thing is i've never been questioned by the police i don't know if you have but the officer says to her you seem tense and my reaction is well i'm being um interviewed by the freaking police of course i seem tense wouldn't it be more suspicious if i didn't seem tense Exactly. Um, and she's in a, a police station. She's in a, a an interrogation room, at least, yeah. right? Yeah. So we don't know how long she's been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think of uh, Daredevil season one when that that guy who works for the Kingpin is totally not stressed at all about going to crime for bashing someone's in, head in with a bowling ball. That was really suspicious because he wasn't stressed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's something up there when mm-hmm. he uh, he feels like he's just going through the motions. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing that surprised me is that she has a private eye license, all up to date. And my reaction was, there are private eye licenses. <laughs> <laughs> that I did know. Oh, did you? There was a point in my life where I considered becoming a private eye. Really? Yeah, I always thought it would be cool. That's it. That's as far as I got. I looked into it like, oh, there's a license. Cool. 
Oh. And then I moved on. <laughs> was it like too much work? I'll just do something else? No. I, I just I, I just never went down that route. Oh. But yeah, oh. I, I I always thought it would be cool. Okay. So when you say you thought you considered it, you mean like a 15 minutes Google search and that was you were considering it? No, there was, there was like a two week period there. Oh, okay. I was getting really bored with software development and I was, I was kind of thinking like, oh, well, what about this? This, you know, this sounds cool. Yeah. And you know, I, I looked into it a little. I asked my aunt who is a private investigator. Oh, I did not know that she's, either. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and she, she said, oh yeah, you probably don't, you don't want to do that. It, I was like, ah, all right. And I looked into it a little bit more, and then I stopped. <laughs> you know what? She was right. Yes. Yes, she was. <laughs> All right. Um, also, the last thing about this part is they have Luke's photos, right? Uh-huh. Did she... I'm assuming this is... The... We know this is the 21st century. Did she actually print out photos? Or did the police print out the photos for dramatic effect? I think she actually printed them. Then why? Be- <laughs> the <laughs> well, so I I'm trying to remember. It was either the end of last episode or later in this episode. But she's like she wants to find. Um, Killgrave. Sorry, I almost said Killmonger, and I knew that wasn't right. Uh, she <laughs> she wants to find him, and I, I feel like it, I, I remember seeing her make like one of those you know like uh, like evidence piles where she has you know different pieces of information, and mm-hmm. so she just wants this thing to remember you know what uh, oh what does this person look like that kind of, so maybe it's just her standard thing that she does as part of her job for like normal other jobs, and she just does it here too. Yeah, just connecting the dots and be able to move it physically probably helps her. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. I get that. Really inconvenient there was a murder connected to her. Oh, yeah, definitely. That is does not look good, but no. uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Is there anything else about um this part of the police station you want to talk about? No, nothing really. I mean, we, we pretty much said it all there, yeah. Yeah. Probably talked as long as the scene itself. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, we find out a little bit a while later that uh, Luke doesn't do drama. He doesn't want no cops in his place. I'm not. That's not how Luke talks. Luke talks like a really proper guy. <laughs> he doesn't want any cops in his establishment. <laughs> but that's a smart man. I mean, <laughs> no drama. I mean, that's that's good there. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's the type of person I am. You know, comic book nerd. Um. But I feel like most people don't like drama. It's not like a big revelation that Luke doesn't want to deal with drama. Or am I wrong? Do most people like drama? <laughs> I think I, I think you're right that most people don't like drama. However, Luke is a little bit different in the sense that he sees it coming. And he's he knows, oh, if I just don't do this thing that I kind of want to do anyway... It'll it'll avoid all this drama. Well, okay. So he's smart enough to steer clear of that, even though, you know, he. I'm sure he wants to continue seeing that woman. Yeah. Now, second question to do with drama. He's going out with Gina, or at least sleeping with her. Maybe just booty call or something like that. Not a phrase mm-hmm. I like. I ever said that before. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
he does that. And then, previous episode, he sleeps with Jessica. Isn't that a prelude to drama? <laughs> She's not married. <laughs> as far as he knows. And as far as we know, too, as the audience. Yeah, at the moment. Okay. Because <laughs> that's all he says, right? He does. Uh, I mean, he says he doesn't date married women because mm-hmm. he doesn't do drama. Well, and... Yeah, I mean, my thought was, like, encompassing all drama and sleeping with two women at the same time is, like, well, I'm setting up some drama right here. <laughs> that is true. That's some potential drama. Yeah. Um but uh, maybe maybe he weighs the amount of drama that can happen, mm-hmm. and he's thinking like, oh, okay, someone who's married, you know, ha- gives me ten drama. Uh, two women who are not dating um, has the potential for six drama, and he can deal with six drama, but not ten or sixteen. That would also be bad. But what about twelve? Because two unmarried women wouldn't that be twelve drama? Oh, I assume that two unmarried women would be a total of six. Three is probably nine. Okay, I get what you're saying. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Hey, I think this is the most accurate math we've ever done on the podcast because no one can check our numbers. Woohoo! Also, (laughs) it was a complete complete coincidence that when I said uh, three would be nine, uh, not realizing that every woman adds three. Like, I just chose a, a number that would still be less than 10. Okay. I should have said 8. <laughs> you should have, and then, but nope. Our, our math skills are correct, as far as everyone knows. Unless someone out there knows the numerical value of a drama. A single drama. How much is that? <laughs> you know, however, we're, we're... however much it is, Luke Cage don't do drama. Exactly. Also, as far as math goes, we have to be right once in a while. A broken clock is right once a day. Yep. And it's already <laughs> been right. So we're Exactly. No more numbers. Okay. <laughs> All right. So unless there's anything else with Luke, I just want to skip to the fight scene at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, same same here. I mean I don't really have anything else to say about this. I love Luke's fighting style. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's, yeah it's uh he has two moves slap and be annoyed and that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean this is a guy who knows he's gonna win the fight and like doesn't get hurt so he just stands there and yeah the, and he's fine yeah i uh, mean the only thing that annoys him is when they ruin something in his bar like when he breaks the bar stool on him it's because he hurt the bar and not because it hurt him yeah exactly and and i was gonna say that is completely contrasting uh jessica jones who walks in and she's the one who starts breaking a ton of things like his payphone yeah come on it's probably the last payphone in new york city come on people yeah well the last working one all the other ones not anymore (laughs) um question about payphones Uh uh-huh uh if I remember correctly, and it has been a long time, uh, payphones see at least public phones seem to be run by like AT and T or whatever the phone company it is. Who pay? Does Luke have to pay to get his phone replaced? I was wondering that just now. Um, I have absolutely no idea. So I assume that there's probably like one of those shared things, maybe. Um, 
I I assume it's probably a similar uh, market of how vending machines work. Who pays for a vending machine? As, I mean, how I understood it is a place rents it out. Like, rents the vending machine, so if it gets damaged in your location, you'd have to pay for it. Because the company will eventually take it back. Okay, got it. But the... So, the company rents out the space, and they just get a check every month. And then the company who owns the vending machine, they're the ones stocking it, taking the money from it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And All right, so yeah. maybe something similar with the uh, with the payphone. I mean, I only get this from the one school I worked at that had a Pepsi vending machine. I know the school gets a cut, and Pepsi gets a cut of whatever money that's put in there. Okay. Yeah. Then maybe it's that. Alright. Um, yeah, last thing. <clears throat> Luca must go through a lot of saws. Because <laughs> that's his go-to way to show people that he's impervious. I'm assuming. So, so that was, um, well, I, that was the saw that was already in Jessica's apartment, correct? Oh, was it? I thought he brought that with him. Because otherwise, he's just an asshole. <laughs> it. That's where I was going with that. Because this scene that you're talking about is after... Jessica beats the guy who Trish sent to fix up her door. So I assume that that was his saw. Oh, that's mean. Yeah, guy, it doesn't belong to either. The guy went to the hospital and she didn't even give him his saw back. And now well, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure he left all of his tools because he had to leave with a broken leg. So after this scene, after this scene, he um, Luke is just like. Slamming hammers into his hand, breaking the heads of hammers, trying to put like screw, uh, screwdrivers into his uh, skull, just breaking those. All his tools are broken, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm sure that was the outtake. I mean, they had to cut <laughs> something for time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I was thinking that as I was watching that, like he, he didn't have to turn the, the power saw on. He could have like just hit himself really hard. I feel, and then again, it... You could probably I mean, think, yeah. Screw, uh, not screwdriver, a nail and a hammer. You try to put the nail with a hammer into your fist or hand and find a bent nail. Didn't have to ruin one nail is a lot better than ruining a ham or a saw. That's true, and that would be effective because you could still show that the nail itself is bent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it's not as uh, shocking. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else about the Luke stuff before we move on? No, um, that that's all I got. I mean, I gotta say, I I really like the guy, but but now I'm second guessing it with the whole breaking other people's power saws thing. <clears throat> so I we'll see, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. In, in my mind, there was just like maybe a year ago, there was a a Prime Day, an Amazon Prime Day sale on saws, and he just bought like eighty of them for when situations like this show up, and he just has a closet full of saws. <laughs> He brought it in there when he broke into Jessica's house, which he also he did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that works. Yeah, you're, I mean you're right. He did. He did break into her house. But not that it's hard. The door is so broken. But still, <laughs> that's true. Actually, he didn't break. He just entered illegally. No breaking required. That's true. Uh, and it because I don't know anything about uh, a lot of legal stuff. It is still illegal, even though I'm assuming the door is unlocked. Yeah, I think so. It's, at least it's okay. trespassing. Okay, that works for me. Hmm. All right. Okay. All right, next section. 
Jessica does some of her own questioning to find out how Kilgrave survived. She goes to question Hope Schlotman. Hope is obviously traumatized and racked with guilt, but she doesn't blame herself for it. She blames Jessica for not making sure Kilgrave was dead. Jessica then goes to Hogarth to ask her to represent Hope, which Hogarth rejects immediately. Jessica makes the deal that if she can prove that Kilgrave is real, Hogarth will represent Hope. Also, Hogarth's wife finds out that Hogarth is cheating on her. Alright. So, what's with Kilgrave's jumping fetish? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to remember. Like, I feel like I remember later in the season, there's like a flashback that Jessica has where she's jumping and, and she's jumping super high. Maybe it's that. Maybe he's just trying to remember her. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, assuming, I mean, we all know Jessica doesn't have superpowers, but if she mm -hmm. did, mm -hmm. uh, did she, he just have her in the middle of Central Park, like, jumping 20 feet in the air repeatedly, or something like that, or did Jessica, like, smash her head on the ceiling of the hotel roof all the time? <laughs> <laughs> How did this work? I, I don't know, and if she could jump super high, and would he want that, he would probably want that hidden a little bit, right? To... Well, yeah. Not attract a crowd. Yeah. Huh, I don't know. He's a weird dude. He is a weird dude. Anyway. Um, yeah, so yeah. Hope's, you know, a little pissed off at Jessica. Mm-hmm. Fair. She's going through some stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... But we find out this was all because Kilgrave wants revenge for Jessica leaving him to suffer. And, like, yeah, Jessica also went through some stuff. She really should have just smashed his head in. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that would have uh, solved everyone's problem immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so... Just moving on to her talking to Hogarth, right? Uh-huh. And we've talked about this a lot. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it some more. Now, um, in addition to face-changing mas masks L and L LMDs, we have mind-controlling supervillains. How can anyone be convicted of anything in the MCU? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, there I will mean... always be a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, unless you have DNA evidence, and even that's... I mean, but that's a lot. That's a big thing. I mean, like, <sighs> uh, Hope shot her parents. Yes. Yeah. But she was mind-controlled. But Hope still... DNA? Hope shot her parents. Witnesses? Hope shot her parents. Every piece of evidence? Hope shot her parents. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, this this is definitely a I don't want to say a flaw in the MCU sort of thing. Um but I I mean, it's it's a reoccurring issue that I guess they just eventually work with it, right? It it makes things way harder, but yeah, I mean, yeah. once this gets out and becomes a thing, how many criminals just say, "Nope, I was mind controlled." Yeah. Well, huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they'd they'll have they'd have to figure out other tests like this. Uh, there's probably psychological ramifications to being mind controlled. 
there have to be studies and they have to figure it out. But yeah, I mean, before forensics, um, if there's no eyewitnesses, um, like even before fingerprints and way before DNA, how did they convict anybody? How many people got away with it? Because they were just like, yeah, he did it. I think he did it. And the other guy goes, nuh-uh. And there's no way to prove him wrong. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I mean uh, I've, I've listened to a, a couple of podcasts where, like, they, they bring that, that up. And, you know, they mention, oh, yeah, once uh, fingerprints or DNA analysis came, came along, there were a good handful of cold cases that they were able to solve, or, like, well, quite a few cold cases they were yeah. able to solve because they had that DNA evidence. And, uh... And, you know, there, there there were people who thought they were getting away with murders and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, now they're in jail, which is good. But at the same time, like, yeah, those were people who would have gotten away with it if we didn't have that technology. <laughs> and this is those damn, those damn scientists and their dog. <sighs> damn them so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the opposite's happening, too, with things like the Innocence Project, where they're using DNA tests to show this guy's been in jail for 40 years for a crime he didn't commit. Yeah, so, uh, exactly. It works both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Jessica, or I mean, Hope's in jail right now for crime that wasn't her fault. Uh huh. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep talking about this over the course of many forever. years in the MCU. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I do like moving on a little bit. I like this subplot of um. About Hogarth cheating on her wife. Not that I like the fact that her wife's being cheated on, but you you don't see that many sleazy, like womanizing lesbian characters. It's just she makes it makes it feel like a more real character. Yeah, it's it's nice when the person who's not the um, straight white person is a normal person. Right. Yeah. It's uh, whenever you have like the, the gay character or something, there's always something wrong with them. And they're they always have like they're, they're always like some weird type of person. Yeah. They're the butt of the joke. At exactly. least for a long time. They've been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, I, I guess to be fair, uh, there are a couple of things, you know, later in especially in season two. Yeah. Um, yeah I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um. But at least as far as now goes, that's what this all seems like, right? You know, as a character, she's yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, at least this season, she seems she's a very believable character. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um. Anything else about this section that we want to uh, talk that you want to talk about? Just looking down my notes, and no. Oh, actually, uh, I do have one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned in your summary uh, that uh, Jerry's wife finds out. Did, was there a scene, or was it just that uh, the assistant mentions it? Because I the, was wondering the, if I missed anything. Yeah, the assistant mes- mentions it. Just like she keeps coming into the conversation, um, like you need to talk to your wife. She's freaking out, and then she goes, "Jerry, she knows." It's like ah, uh, okay, yeah, gotcha. All right, I, I was wondering if there was like something that I missed that I wasn't paying attention no. to. But okay, all right, cool. All right, next. Jessica is trying to piece together how Kilgrave survived, but is distracted by the worst neighbors in history. The next day, Jessica infiltrates the hospital, where Kilgrave would have been taken after being hit by the bus. She doesn't find any details about Kilgrave, but does find out about the bus driver and Reva. 
Jessica goes to find the ambulance driver about why he drove away without coming to the hospital. Jack, the ambulance driver, has had a stroke and has, and has no kidneys because he was told to give them to Kilgrave. Jessica uses some trickery to find out who leased the dialysis machine, a Dr. David Carada. Dr. Carada runs away from the lecture he is giving when he sees Jessica. She catches up with him and... Uh, he told her that he fixed Kilgrave. He also reveals that Kilgrave would not go under surgical anesthesia because he would lose his powers. Uh, she uses this as proof to get Hogarth to represent Hope. That was quite a block of storyline you read there. Yeah, well, it was all together. <laughs> Originally, when I did this notes, that part and the previous part was one section. And I thought, I need to split this up. <laughs> all right all right glad you did um yeah. <laughs> all right let's talk about that first thing you mentioned those weird freaky twins yeah they are the worst twins since the lannisters <laughs> <laughs> yes yes they are <laughs> uh or so, uh, the twins from the shining ah or luke and leia they made out too all that bad all bad <laughs> You know, this goes back, if you're not like a generic, straight white person, you know, like if you're a twin, then you're obviously a weird person in any uh, movie or TV show. So true. I can't think of any other normal twins that we've ever seen on uh, uh, TV or movies. I can. Tia and Tamara? Think of two And sister, now. sister? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is well, stretching. <laughs> okay. Uh, yesterday I saw Godzilla King of the Monsters. Ah, uh, no spoilers for me. Okay. Well, have you ever watched any, um, Mothra movies? Yes. Okay. Um, there are, as an Easter egg, so it's not a spoiler. In fact, it's less than, like, uh, ten seconds. Uh, as an Easter egg, the, uh, people who are leading up the, uh, the Mothra studies in King of the Monsters uh -huh. are twins, which is an Easter egg to the weird twins from the Mothra movies. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. All right, I think I know. And they're probably referencing. normal. They one of them, <laughs> one of them is a pretty significant character, and one of them is in one scene to show they're a twin. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm assuming they're normal, other than studying monsters. But that seems to be a normal job in that universe. <laughs> okay all right and and, and tia and tamara <laughs> okay gotcha yeah um <laughs> all right I'll, I'll i'll buy it I'll, I'll take it that works right um so these twins i learned something because i had to look this up mm -hmm. um i didn't take any names of them but the boy twin says that they are fraternal twins uh yes. f is in photo yes um which I, I looked up to mean, and I'm guessing you already know this because of the way you said that, but they're non-identical. Uh, basically, the way that works is two separate eggs are fertilized by two separate sperm. So, uh, Also, this is 40% of all twin pregnancies are the non-identical ones. Yeah, I did not know that statistic, but um, my cousin has uh, two daughters, twins, who are fraternal twins. Oh. Um, my cousin is uh, full-blooded Mexican. Her husband is one of the whitest people you'll ever meet. One of the kids came out white and the other came out Mexican. <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. Yeah. And um, 
I don't want to go with their names. Okay. <laughs> I, have, right. I have a mnemonic device of how to keep them, uh, them straight, at least when they're babies. Now they're 10 years old, I know exactly who they are. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, we all thought it was, I mean, we wouldn't say it in front of their face, and I know they probably don't listen to the podcast, but that was hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, one for each of them. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, then I will ask you about this later. Yes. Um, while I was uh, doing this research, I also learned about the different type of twins is paternal, P is in pterodactyl, um, where this is a single egg and a single sperm, mm -hmm. but for some odd reason, the fertilized egg splits, and no yeah. one's completely sure why. So that's interesting to know for no one knows those of us who didn't know this. Hmm? It's one of those weird things, like no one knows why. I'm just like, yeah. really? <laughs> All these years of science, we haven't figured it out? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, busy I mean, answering other questions. Right? I mean, yes, I know. It not, I'm not saying, damn science, you're lazy. I'm saying, like, it's weird that there are things so mysterious. Like, human body and human pregnancy has been studied so much, and there's still stuff we don't know about it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> like, how how is this one of the questions we don't know the answer to? And yet yeah. we know the answers to so many others. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, while doing this research, though, I also found that it is possible for there to be twins with different fathers. I knew that because it's very common in feral cats, which you might remember growing up. My family, we had a lot of feral cats because we grew up next to that field. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's actually very common with feral cats. I assumed it was possible with humans in, like, the 20 seconds that I had considered it. No, I had never considered it before right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. all right. That's it. That's all I had. All of my twin notes right. done. About these specific twins, again, I also didn't write down names, <laughs> but um, the boy twin was in the show gotham in one episode as the white rabbit in i guessing uh episode about the mad hatter which is a batman villain okay but yeah Again, was the hacker character supposed to follow him um i'm assuming yeah oh okay. oh breaking news from weeks ago because people haven't heard this or or what listening this way after recording <laughs> rumor is they're talking to Keanu Reeves to be the in the internals. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm very pro Keanu Reeves now that I've finally watched the John Wick movies. <laughs> and he's making <laughs> Bill and Ted 3. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to reference. Like, what, you, you weren't for him when you've seen Bill and Ted 1 and 2? Yeah, I was. I had fallen out with him after the third Matrix. And it's been like, what, 15 years since then? 16 years. That's fair. I mean, they're already rebooting those movies anyway, right? Yeah. Also, <laughs> I know we're going on way tangent. Um, <laughs> have you seen the trailer? This is not the type of movie you, I, I don't think either of us would usually watch. For the Netflix movie, um, Always Be My Maybe? I have. Yeah, that recently came out this past Friday, right? For us? Yes. Okay. Where randomly the last little bit is her boyfriend is Keanu Reeves. Oh, I missed that part. I haven't seen the trailer all the way through. Like, it's been on the commercials in the background. Oh, yeah. So. Spoiler alert for a trailer. 
but he's talking like thinking about his <laughs> this girl's boyfriend and suddenly pro- it's Keanu Reeves it's probably he's probably playing someone else but I would love it if he was just playing Keanu Reeves I would hope so like <laughs> that that's one of the benefits of being that level of stardom right eventually yeah. you just get like like you get a part like a small part in a movie and your role is to just play yourself mm-hmm. being someone in real life as long as you know that that the camera's on and you're not actually the real you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, bring it back to Kristen Ritter, Don't Trust the Bee, James Vanderbeek was brilliant in that. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I don't think before I watched that show, I would ever say that about James Vanderbeek. So. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> not that. What was he on? Um, Dawson's Creek? Yeah, that was his thing. Yeah. Um, I never watched that, so I can't really say he was a bad actor. It's just I have no context. Yeah. Same here. Mm-hmm. All right. So Jessica infiltrates the hospital. <laughs> <gasps> um, so she steals these scrubs, right? These mm-hmm. bright, ugly pink scrubs from a woman <laughs> obsessed with her cats. I'm assuming this is the same woman that Claire had to uh, cat sit for in Daredevil. <laughs> I mean, if it's all connected so much, that probably is it. Yes. Yeah. Also, from a little bit of Easter eggs, she says that um, she's working for a Dr. Carter and she's from Seattle Grace. Uh, Dr. Carter, thing I did not know that he is from uh, the name of the head doctor in ER. Oh, okay. And then Seattle Grace, I did know, thanks to my wife, that that's the hospital from Grey's Anatomy. So she's just getting <laughs> TV stuff. <laughs> And that would make sense. Like that one, I had to look up because the the nurse she had talked to, she said, "Really, <laughs> like from TV?" Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, anything else before we leave the hospital? You want to talk about? No, I, I I was gonna bring up the Seattle Grace thing, but no, that's that's it. That's all I have. Uh, actually, you know what? No, one more thing. Um, it seemed like she was really disappointed that the scrubs she was grabbing were like the bright purple, you know, bright pink ones and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in there just breaking locks. Why not just go down the line and keep going? Yeah, this is true. Also, um, buy some better locks because she's not even super strong. She they just have really brittle locks. Yeah, exactly. She didn't <laughs> use her laser eyes on them. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess we should talk about the bus driver. Um, who's in a living hell? Oh yeah, this poor or man. ambulance driver. I wrote down bus driver, but it's not right. No. Yeah. Um, I just like, oh, this is, I I feel for you, guy. That's also a really effed up thing to do, ask someone to murder you. But I feel uh-huh. for you. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, the the worst they could do is, is say no. It's true. And <laughs> she did. That is true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is, that is not a fun time for him. Uh-uh, no. And his, his, his mom is so creepy. Yeah. She's just like praying for him to come back and she's happy he lost his kidneys and had a stroke. Yeah. Is this like a... Oh, man. I, I, uh, another time where I, I start a sentence and hoping I'll, I'll remember the name. Is this like a... What, what was that? What was Psycho? that book that was turned into a movie where the woman misery? kidnapped... Yeah, Misery. Is this like a misery situation? I mean, I guess. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's, there are some parallels, at least. Oh, yeah. 
Well, Misery is more, she's an assessed fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I guess. She... Mm -hmm. Also, the mother didn't cripple her son. <laughs> That's true. She yeah. is trying to take care of him. Uh -huh. Alright, so I've got some complaints about this Dr. David Carada. Alright. As a teacher, when your class averages 62% of your test, it's the teacher's fault, not the kid's <laughs> fault. <laughs> <laughs> He's okay, just a complaint bad received. <laughs> yeah like, is this one of those like weed out the like like is this a weed out class or is this just like a generic class everyone takes like a gen ed sort of deal i'm a little curious on that right because we don't get any information on there but at the same time like personally i hate the concept of weed out classes because yeah. now you're just getting rid of people for for the hell of it like no every, everyone the people came there to learn i mean come on we gotta gotta work on that yeah I, I agree with you. Principle. Um, also, I do want them to weed out my doctors. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 dis I agree with you on most things. But if someone's going to be a doctor, you need these weed out classes because you don't want someone just sliding through. I agree with the not sliding through part. But, all right, I, I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll think about mm -hmm. that one some more. I'll get back to you. Yeah. But again, yes, the... I hope this isn't a weed out class because those are, I don't agree with those. And if you're, you don't blame the students when they average 62%, this is your fault for not teaching effectively. That is true. Yeah. Or, um, he said that that was the multiple choice section. Like that wasn't even the full test. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's like the easy like, part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was thinking about that. Like, that, that is a little bit easier, in, in a sense. Um, there's a definite one of these four answers. Like, that's that feels a little bit worse. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, yeah, he runs away and just catches up with him. I have no other notes about this section. I just was complaining about him. <laughs> <laughs> I realized, okay. oh, that's the only thing I wrote about <laughs> David Carada. He's like an important guy. <laughs> oh, important guy, horrible teacher. Next. Yeah. Alright. Anything else we want to talk about? Uh, about him or this well, I mean, part of the storyline? About this part of the storyline, but he is the last part of the storyline. Oh, okay. Um, uh, you know, uh, yes, I, I do have one other thing. Um, this dude, and, and I have to say this honestly about everyone involved with uh, Kill, not Killmonger. Grave. Killgrave. Alright, I don't know why I keep forgetting that um i re i kept remembering it <laughs> when i was watching the episode so um everyone involved with Kilgrave that gets away why are they still in the city i mean dr karata there like has gone pretty far out of his way to not be a doctor anymore and now he's just a teacher why not just go to a different part i mean you can still stay within the u.s right you don't have to worry about a passport and all that stuff but Go to the other side of the country. Yeah. Go work at Seattle Grace or something. Um, I'm pretty sure that's or, fictional. Okay. But so are they. So you yeah. know what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe it does exist. <laughs> Maybe that's all part of the MCU too. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, you make that's a really good point. I mean, why are they staying in the city? <laughs> yeah. 
So um, there used to be a TV show, and I, I can't remember what it's called, uh, but it was uh, it was one of those shows. It was it was a it was like a, a reality show, basically, where there were people who genuinely believed that a some sort of apocalyptic type event was going to happen. And every week there was like a different person that they would follow and interview and, you know, ask, uh, oh, uh, how... Doomsday Preppers? Yeah, there you go. Okay. You're, I'm guessing you watched that? No, I've never seen the episode. Oh, I okay. I know what it's it. about. Oh, all right. Well, so <laughs> um, but I did misspeak a little. There was always two separate uh, groups of people that they would talk to. Um, and so the majority of them were always regional uh, doomsdays where like someone who lived in Mississippi assumed that uh there would be horrible um horrible weather events and so the Mississippi River would like go up really high and drown out most of the people uh and then when they like you know brought out a map or something they would show oh this area like this is everyone here is is dead you're all drowning uh but you know other parts of the country would be completely fine and the solution was always, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend uh, like a grand every month on supplies and working on this. The, the solution was never move because it's cheaper. <laughs> True. Yeah. Like if when you're at the stage where you're prepping for a doomsday level of a very specific event <laughs> that you you just have to leave to get away from. Yeah. Yeah. Move I, away from the Mississippi River. Yeah. Exactly. And and there were other ones like that, too. It wasn't just Mississippi. Yeah. There were things in L.A. with earthquakes and yeah. all these other ones. I'm like, oh, God, people, come on. So anyway, it brings me back to this with the doctor here. Um, he knows how to not be found, or at least how to make it even harder to be found. Leaving that city. Mm-hmm. It's true. That state. Just leave the state. Yeah. I mean, Kilgrave apparently doesn't like to do things out of the ordinary. Hence his his date protocol last episode. Also, you can control your minds of anyone. You can through anything, and you just stay in the same city all the time. I mean, travel. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, way to not live on live life on the edge there. Ugh. Yeah. Um. Also, question: mm -hmm. Do you have to like if he says it in English? Do you have to understand English for him what to do, or is it more his intentions? I don't know, actually. I'm a little curious. Um, they explain a little bit more about his, how his powers work later in the season. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they mention anything about the language. Well, we'll find out. Uh -huh. All right. All right, okay. I'm ready to move on to the next storyline. Are you? Same, but first, we have to uh, pay some bills. So All right. let's try to push a product. Oh, all right, everyone. Do you need a good lawyer and or attorney? Always. Well, do you, punk? Is your case winnable? <laughs> Do you have a lot of cash to spare? Absolutely not. If you said yes to all of those questions, then you should call Hogarth Chow and Benowitz. They represent people exactly in your position, people with money and problems. If you call now, you might even get their extra special no questions asked private investigator for a fraction of the cost, five thirds. Hurry, operators are standing by or sitting. I don't know what operators do anymore, but when you speak with one of these mythical operators, tell them MCU Rewind sent you. Make, make sure you tell them that part first and the jail part second. All right. Uh-huh. Thank you, Hogarth, Benowitz, and Chow. 
Thank you for the paycheck. <laughs> we'll which put I'm it with assuming, all the others. Which I'm assuming my cut will come eventually, right? Yes. Yes, it will. <laughs> or do I need to speak with your lawyer? <laughs> it's one of the three. <laughs> yep. All right. Anyway, the next part. <laughs> Sounds good. Trish comes to check up on Jessica, but Jessica tries to push her away. Trish persists and comes up to her office apartment. Uh, Trish uh, tries to get Jessica to move in with her, but Jessica refuses and tries to clue her into the realities of her life. Later, Trish, se Trish sends a guy to Jessica's door, who Jessica attacks out of paranoia. Trish gives Jessica a new window sign, and they reconcile. And then we see Trish bleeding because she is taking self-defense classes. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it's the traditional, like, Peter Parker style of caring about people. I care about you, so I'm going to push you away. Yeah. Um, a bad style, I would say. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, she learned. She went to high school with Peter Parker. <laughs> she's a, she's actually 14 in this. It's really strange. <laughs> or even stranger, Peter Parker's like 27. <laughs> He's still in high school. Wow, not one of the world's smartest people. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he, he's he's you know that big fish in the little palm thing. He just wants to be one of the smartest people in his school. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. That fits. <laughs> A little too full of himself yeah. there, I understand. Yeah. Yep. Alright. So, um... When Jessica's explaining to Trish about, like, Kilgrave, and never being able to trust anyone because you don't know who's being controlled, it really brings home to me how freaking terrifying he is. Like, yeah, not only does he control you, everybody else in the world's a danger. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, especially the... You know, the, the big reminder was the end of the previous uh, episode, right? Like, that girl was fine. Hope seemed to be completely fine, but nope. All of a sudden, she was not, because mm -hmm. she was also told to do this thing at a specific date and time. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah so, um, yeah. Then we can move on uh, to the new sign. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully that sign is, like, tempered glass or some type of plastic. Or something stronger than the glass she previously had. Because it's not going to last very long. <laughs> no. I wonder how often she goes through signs. <laughs> this is her 17th one. Yeah, eventually you just... Uh, I don't know. It's just beads or something. That, like, when you're open <laughs> for the day, you just, you, like, push someone through that instead of you know, putting them through, through glass or I something. I mean, she should just do that anyway. Just not have a door... Because the door is very ineffective. That is true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I skipped over the part when Malcolm was just eating her peanut butter, complaining about not being crunchy. Yeah, he keeps having really small uh, scenes in the, yeah. in the two episodes so far, so it's been really hard to bring him up. Mm -hmm. All right, and uh, I mean, the only last part about this I have is... The fact that Trisha's self-defense will be absolutely no no use against Kilgrave, what's the point? Exactly. Yeah, like, it, it seems like that is the specific thing pushing her. Um, unless there's something else later in the season, I can't remember. But yeah, it's, it's definitely not the sort of thing that's going to be helpful in the situation she is preparing for. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something else I do want to mention about Trish. Uh, she is obviously a psychopath that we learn in that last scene where uh, she's talking to uh, Jessica on the phone. Uh, she comes out from that that uh, training room and she takes a plastic water bottle out of the fridge and pours like three ounces <laughs> of it into a glass, and then and then she like pulls that bottle away quickly so she spills like half an ounce onto the counter. So it's like a very ineffective way of getting water out of this bottle. It's almost like like if only there was a way for the bottle to have like some sort of funnel to make it easier to drink directly from it. But nope. And then she doesn't even drink the water. Well, she doesn't drink the water because she drips blood in it. It's not like she's planning not to drink the water. Well, you know, that was that was her fault. She could have washed it out or something, drank some other water. No, she she just sees the blood and then like puts the glass down somewhere else and, and leaves. She doesn't even try to drink any water anywhere. It really reminds me of the um, secretary... The bad guy from Captain America Winter Soldier, when he um, pours the smallest glass of milk ever in that scene in his house. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> no one's there, man. It's okay to drink out of the jug. Just if you go take it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh. And if my wife ever listens to this, which I know she won't, I've never done in my life. Don't accuse me. Yep. I'm just saying theoretically. Yeah, exactly. And I know that I could say anything because my wife does not listen to these. No, my wife does not listen to this. I mean, still not going to say it. Oh, (laughs) she might. I'm not going to. Oh, yeah, that's fair. My wife's not here right now, so I can just say whatever. (laughs) Do it. Do it, Al. Say whatever. I don't. I don't really have anything. I don't actually drink from the the carton. It's been a long time since I've done that. Like I, I used to all the time, but yeah, yeah. I'm more likely to do it to orange juice. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, milk I reserve like exclusively for cereal, or if I've just had a brownie. So. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the the thing you drink. Like if you're gonna drink directly from a container, it's because you're thirsty in the moment, yeah. right? Like yeah. milk is not something that you drink no. when you're thirsty. As we learned from Ron Burgundy, milk is exactly. a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else about Trish before we move on to the last section? Nope, that's all I had. Just wanted to point out she is a psychopath, and that's it. All right. So prepare yourself after those long summaries for this next summary, because these this is ridiculous. <laughs> we see Kilgrave invite himself to dinner at a family's home. Well, I can't believe I got through that one. <laughs> All right. Hey, like I said at the beginning, right? You know, we're we're leveling up. You got through mm-hmm. that one without any mistakes. That's uh, actually that's actually Al. If you look at my notes, it says finally we see Kilgrave. I left out that first word. So Ah, alright. <laughs> Well, it's still progress. Okay. (laughs) So David Tennant is really good at being evil. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, after watching this, and then, like, I don't know how long later, but I watched, like, an episode of Tenth Doctor, and just like, I don't trust you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know what else he's been in that he plays the villain, but I kind of just want to watch more of those just to to see him play the villain again. Uh, He's um, in the fourth Harry Potter movie as one of the guys he brings back Voldemort. Yeah, but that's kind of a side character, right? Yeah. Um, Not super evil. I mean, yes, by the letter of the law, he's evil. Uh, He plays a demon in Good Omens, which our time line came out three days days ago on amazon prime oh i didn't know that was already out okay i i was okay yeah i was interested in seeing that i um but uh okay well maybe by the time this episode comes out i'll have watched it yeah i'm good omens one of my top 10 favorite books of all time and then i've watched the first three episodes and so far it's really good oh okay awesome all right yeah so um yeah we see kilgrave in action finally um yeah he's mean to kids he yeah i I have nothing else to say (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean we we've only seen the after effects of his powers so far right and now we're seeing it in action and it is an immediate oh god this is scary sort of sort of event right he just walks in and gets his way with everything and for, as far as we can tell, he has zero remorse of any of the bad that he's doing. Yeah. So. So even let the little girl go to the bathroom, and you think it'd be easier to give her like three minutes in the bathroom than having to. Uh, well, it doesn't matter to him. He'll just tell the mom to clean up the pee. <laughs> he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, but that's, a, that's now true. Now there's a pee smell. <laughs> yeah, and he's sitting down for dinner. He's gonna smell that the entire time yeah. he's eating. Yeah. Yeah. It's even worse if she had like had asparagus that day. Ah, yeah. Which she yeah. might have. There's vitamins in that, right? You probably it want is. to give your children vitamins. So yeah, it's a possibility. And with that note, I think we're done. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Asparagus. I think it has vitamins. Okay. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we close out? No, I think I'm good to, to move on to rating the episode. Alright. Um. So, we should really think of these before we record. Asparagus. Okay. <laughs> How many stalks of asparagus do you give? Oh, it's stalks of asparagus? Huh. Yeah. That, yeah. All right. I was trying to think of the plural, and in my head, I, all I could think of was asparagi, but I knew that was wrong. Um, <laughs> also, that flashed into my head, too. <laughs> uh, it's out of 10, right? Um, yes. I like this more than the season premiere, so I'm going to go I'm gonna go up to an 8. Okay. Um, I like this as much as the season premiere. I will agree with you. I give it an 8. Wait, we were supposed to be more antagonistic. I'll give it an 8.1. Ah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> the show is... You underrated the show. This episode. <sighs> Alright. Ne- next week, it'll just be us arguing about this this moment. So Okay. Um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. Episode. Tune in, listeners. <laughs> That's right. You're in for a show. Ah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, this was the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Jessica Jones Season 1, Episode 2, a.k.a. Crush Syndrome. Uh, Please join us next week when we will be talking about Episode 3, a.k.a. It's Called Whiskey. Uh, And please remember to follow us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore Rewind. And please, pretty please, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcasting app is. Uh, For some reason, Apple Podcasts just seems to always be the big one. 
that's why we're calling it out. Anyway, this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind signing off. Have a marvelous day.